Well, we sure hope it's take two with Jerry and Debbie. That's what you're talking about. And today is first Friday of the month. Um, so all of you that are participating in the First Friday devotions, you, you'll know where we're going with this. It's our monthly Real Presence show all about the Eucharist, the source and summit of our Catholic faith. So we're talking everything about the Eucharist during this wonderful um uh, Eucharistic revival that is underway, and we know that's that's our leaders, our shepherds are doing great of of getting um, the formation out there for us. But we want to highlight various aspects of the Most Holy Eucharist right here on this show today on Take Two. So, can you help us, or can you help me? Because Jerry will be back next week. Okay, so I really need your calls today to talk about all things Eucharist. And what I mean by that is um, your experience of the of the Eucharist, your understanding, um, maybe any mystical um, encounters, uh, possibly maybe even unfortunately some doubts um, that you may have about certain aspects of our of our faith. And we can talk about it because the uh, topic today is the real presence. And it is very important we show up strong. Why Take-Two Family? Because there are a lot of people listening, people who have fallen away from the Catholic faith, um, people who aren't Catholic, people who are really questioning why we do the things we do as Catholics. They're listening to the show. And if you're listening, please stay tuned in the entire hour, because we really want your heart to be opened and your your lives to be transformed. And the the Eucharist, um, the high point, the very high point of our of our Christian faith, is so very important to uh, to get it right and to understand it. So please, I'm asking you to call in eight three three two eight eight. 3986 if you want to share anything that is on your heart, your mind, uh, in your soul about um, the Most Holy Eucharist. And I'm going to share with you that on the Catechism of the Catholic Church, in the Catechism, uh, paragraphs 1322 to 1419, okay, 1419, uh, 1322, all the the way through 1419, please, folks, take the time this weekend. I know it sounds like a lot of paragraphs, but they're very short. Some of them are only a few sentences. Um, Sit down with the family and read them. It's all about entering into the Christian mystery. Okay. There are so many aspects of our liturgy that is important for us to deeply enter into um, the mystical aspects of our liturgy. As a matter of fact, Adam and I are going to be talking about that tomorrow. We're going to go um, point by point through the Mass and and highlight the mystical aspects of the Mass. That's tomorrow on the spirit world. But today is Take Two, and that's where you, the Take Two family, you come forth and you share your experiences, your understanding, what's going on with you, in w- with your relationship with the Most Holy Eucharist, and you'll see how people will learn and grow together. And that's important. 833 288 3986. 
Before I get to Carol, Carol is is ready to go. She wants to come on air with us in just a second. I wanted just to uh, do a shout out um, from yesterday's show to Marie in Lockport, New York. Marie, I am so sorry that our a conversation got cut short. It was um, it was beyond my control, and I'm so sorry. I want to invite you, Marie. I know you said you keep um, the show on and EWTN on in the background in your home. Um, I want you to know that we are praying for your job interview and uh, that 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 position that you are um, praying about. We are we are praying with you, Marie. And if you want to continue the conversation, please email me. Take two at EWTN.com because I really enjoyed our conversation and I'm sorry it was cut short. But today we're talking about the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Come on, you guys. We have to get behind this and we have to get super excited with with an, an immense amount of joy about the Eucharist. Carol, uh, is first up here on Take Two, and she is in uh, West Virginia on St. Paul Radio. Hi, Carol. Welcome. Hi, Debbie. How are you? I'm great, um, Carol. Good. Thank you. I wanted to share that um, I've always loved the idea of Eucharistic adoration, <clears throat> but I was never able to get to it. But now that I'm retired and moved to West Virginia from Oregon, and um, I've been going through um, treatment for cancer and um, mm-hmm. over about five months now. And our we have a new priest mm-hmm. at St. Peter Paul in Oak Hill, and he has instigated um, Eucharistic adoration every Friday for an hour. And I'm so happy. And so I've been three times, and I never... I don't know how to, you know, finesse it. I don't know how to, what to do in Eucharistic adoration. So I sit there and I think and I pray and I look at the monstrance. But not too much is coming to me. And so this, um, uh, last time, you know, I said, oh, I've also been trying to institute the examine at the end of each day, and I, I need a structure of how to do that, too, because it just slips right through my finger, and I don't come up with anything. So I, um, uh, this last Friday, I thought, oh, this Eucharistic adoration can be like a examine for the whole week. Mm-hmm. And and I was happy with that, you know, because mm-hmm. it really helped me commit to being there every Friday. <clears throat> right. So, uh, it's, you know, that, that felt good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and so that was like an enrichment to me. Sure, sure. <laughs> you know. So is this something and, new that your priest, your pastor started at your parish, Carol? I think, you know, I've only been here a year and a half. Okay. I okay. think they did have it before, mm-hmm. but it's only about 15 people are coming, and we usually have like a weekend attendance of all three matches of 200 people. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, 
Right. It's, Carol, um, Carol, can you do me a favor? Can you hang on? You hear the music. Um, we just are going to take a little, a tiny little uh, pause here and a break. When, I want to ask you a couple more questions about this because I think your experience in front of our Lord is very important for others to hear. So, Carol, hang on. We'll be right back. It's The Real Presence today on Take Two. Please call us. We're talking about the real presence today on Take Two with Jerry and Debbie. Jerry will be back next week. This is our monthly show where we dedicate it on the first Friday to uh, the Eucharist, all things about the Eucharist. So we need you to call in, even if you have questions about the Eucharist. We have the catechism pulled up on our screens so we can happily um, and in a, in a very um, c- comprehensive way answer your questions because the catechism is fantastic. And now that it's available online, it's so easy. I wanted to share before we get back with Carol, because Carol is talking about Eucharistic adoration, and she's talking about what we do um, and and how we should be in front of our Lord. And I want to just tap into something that Carol said, because I think it could help others that are listening right now. But this is very interesting, because I wanted to share that today is the feast day of, of St. John, some say Vianney, some say Vianney. Uh, he is an amazing saint who spent uh, like 16 hours in the confessional. Okay, incredible saint, uh, the, the the saint of vocations to the priesthood. And uh, St. John Vianney, um, this is the day uh, two years ago that my mom, Connie, um, met the Lord. She died on this day. And so it's so appropriate because she was always um, so supportive of vocations because her brother was a priest. And so I wanted to just share that because I love this day for many reasons, but I wanted to highlight this special product. So St. John um, Vianney, Heart of the Priesthood DVD and Free Booklet. Okay, EWTN Religious Catalog celebrates the feast day of St. John Vianney with the special DVD and booklet set. In St. John Vianney, Heart of the Priesthood, Bishop Mark Davies, he's from the Diocese in England, reflects on the saint known far and wide through the 19th century France for his ability to read hearts and give inspired advice in the confessional. See, I just shared that with you. He spent 16 hours in the confessional hearing confessions. Episodes in this EWTN home video miniseries include Heart of the Priesthood, The Pastoral Plan, Saints and the New Evangelization, and all of this is available now at EWTNRC.com. Free standard shipping for online orders, $75 or more. Standard shipping is for the continental U.S. only. Use code free at checkout. Okay, but but please uh, pick that up. It's very important we support vocations and understand vocations deeply. But, you know, it's kind of interesting, Carol, that we're talking about your adoration experience because, you know, a lot of vocations come from people that spend time in front of our Lord. And and you, you um, shared a very interesting journey with being with our Lord um, in adoration because when people first start getting used to spending time, they often will do a lot of things. So they'll say a certain amount of prayers, or they will um, read from scripture, or they'll read from a certain prayer prayer book or something of that nature that keeps them focused. And then there, there are others that sit and just gaze upon the Lord and really just be. And again, every time I... I um, teach about adoration because I was in religious education for many years, Carol. 
I would say to people, you know, it's kind of like the Martha and Mary story. You know, you're either going to be at the foot of the uh, of our Lord, or you you can be praying and 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 actively um, engaging while you're in adoration. So uh, basically, what I'm what I'm trying to share, Carol, and tell me if you agree with this. There's no right or wrong way to be in front of the, the Lord. It's really personal. It's really unique. It's between Carol and and Jesus. It's between Debbie and Jesus, okay? And that's really what adoration, that's why it's such an intimate experience. Would you agree with that, Carol? Absolutely. And what you said is so comforting because um, um, in other prayers, like when I read the liturgy, the hours, I'm getting tired of the Psalms. I'm getting I'm not doing my rosary well. I'm really going through a dry spot. I was really, you know, close, devoted when I first started this treatment with chemo. But now I'm I'm hitting a dry patch and and so it's it's really it's like going to a different level in my whole prayer life. Right. Because you know, and and I'm 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 still doing the liturgy the hours. I love it, and mm-hmm. I'm still. You know, I sit on my back porch in this holler that I live in, it's beautiful in in West Virginia, and I say the rosary out loud. And there are steep trees all around me, mm-hmm. and I say, I'm going to teach these trees how to say the rosary. So I say it out loud, you know, and and I look at the top of the trees and I said, did you hear that? Did you see how to say that? Okay, come on, let's do it because you're my children. <laughs> so, do you know um, Do you know what I love about that? You pro- probably, Carol, you have a, a friendship with St. Francis of Assisi and St. Anthony of Padua because they both um, would go out into God's creation and preach and teach. So I love that, Carol, about you. Are you close to those saints? Well, uh, just the whole idea of St. Francis, but St. Anthony of Padua, I think he's the one that had, I was desperate to to find a sweetheart, you know, mm-hmm. and he has this wonderful prayer that says, um, it's called, wait on me, or, or I am enough, or something mm-hmm. like that. And it is so beautiful. And so I really feel close to him, but not in, in a connection to nature. Right. But, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I, lo- I love that about you, Carol. And I put you in the book. Would you keep us posted on how the treatments are going and, and how you're just, you know, emotionally going through this? We want to be with you in prayer, okay? Okay. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. Keep us posted. Um, and stay strong, Carol. Beautiful soul. You are amazing. Everybody needs to say a decade of the rosary for Carol. Okay. Going through uh, chemotherapy, going through treatments, you know, anybody, you know, who, who's going through a cancel, uh, cancel. Hello. That's, that's interesting that I just said that word, a cancer diagnosis, um, really needs prayers. We really, we, all of us need prayers, but when you go, when you're going through something like that, you, you can feel a little, um, you know, lost and uneasy about things and it's tough. So, um, it, we count on the Take Two family to help us out with that. So, Carol, thank you again. Um, you can, Carol just freed up a line. You can join us about the real presence of Jesus in the Most Holy Eucharist, 833-288-3986. Okay, I'm going to say it. 
Don't get started with your weekend yet. You got to fill those phone lines because thousands and thousands of folks are listening and brand new listeners are coming into the EWTN family every single day. So what you have to share is very, very important, even if you have questions or doubts, because other people may have those same feelings and we can talk about it. So don't hesitate. And it's a, it's a wonderful experience. Um, I, I think I'm kind of friendly. I've been told that. So please call in. John in Toledo, Ohio is up next on Annunciation Radio. Hi, John. Welcome. Hi, Debbie. It's so good to talk to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I have talked to you about this before, but I just want to uh, let you know that uh, I have been a committed uh, Eucharistic adorer for like the last uh, probably over 20 years, but... Um, I got involved with it most uh, sincerely back in 2003, and uh, a friend of mine asked me to uh, commit to do uh, Eucharistic adoration for one hour a week, mm-hmm. and um, she was so positive about it that it was going to really uh, have an effect on me, so I agreed to do that, and uh, that's where I came to believe. It was small steps, not not right away, but it was small steps. Because I told her, I said, well, I'm, I'm not sure how this is going to work, but I started going uh, one hour a week. And, you know, the, the misconception is you think you have, to, you have to spend time in constant prayer, and you, you think you have to say formulatic, formulatic prayers and stuff like that. But then I, I, said, I came to realize that you don't have to be making yourself uh, saying prayers. You can just sit there. And just enjoy being there. Exactly. And then, mm-hmm. yeah. And then it slowly, it, it slowly came to me that you don't have to, you don't know, busy your mind. It's just uh, relax, just relax. Mm-hmm. And um, that was my that was going to a parish in uh, Philadelphia, um, Archdiocese. And then after moved, I moved to Columbus. And then I found a parish in Columbus that had uh, perpetual adoration, and I continued doing uh, that uh, an hour a week. And then it become it became like uh, I I I loved it. I mean I mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. I really wanted to be there every week. Mm-hmm. And then uh, back in 2012, I moved uh, to Toledo, and I found a Eucharistic Adoration uh, Parish in West Toledo called Blessed Sacrament, and uh, I committed to do two hours a week, and that's what really sealed it for me because. The people that I met there, they were they loved to share their belief in the real presence, right. and that's that's the part that I it came to realize how important it was, mm-hmm. and um, the fact that you know, like I realized, you know, like when you think about it, it all makes sense because in Scripture, Jesus tells us, "I am with you always," mm-hmm. and then when you realize he he wasn't kidding around, he meant <laughs> right. it, he really meant it, yeah. 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 But, but John, you know, um, hang on for a little bit. Cause I want to share something. I think it, I've shared it before, but you know, I just said we have new listeners, you know, every single week. So I think it's appropriate with your call to share it again, because we're always moved by the spirit and, and, and the spirit kind of leads us in directions. And we know that because God is using the radio airwaves to touch each and every one of us. So it's very important work that we're doing right now, John, what you're sharing right now is very important because it reminded me of, of the story of when I was a youth minister and, um, 
I uh, asked my uh, high schoolers to to just trust me on something and uh, to just follow me into um, another portion, a, a, a different portion of the campus of the church we were we were holding religious education classes, and we had set up Eucharistic adoration, and um, the. Uh, our priest was available and he said, yes, let's do it. And he says, and, and do me a favor, Debbie. He said, don't, don't instruct the high schoolers ahead of time. Just tell them to go in and just be with our Lord. And John, we had set aside 20 minutes. Think about this for a minute, John. A class was 40, 45 minutes for religious education class. We, we set 20 minutes for these high school teens to be with our Lord, not really knowing, you know, what they should do, you know, how they should behave, how they should act and everything. Some of the, um, the, the, the teenagers, they came in their, um, in their football gear, in their football, um, uniforms, right? And they were coming, they came right off the, the field, right into religious education. And so they, you could tell they were tired, right? They walked in and for 20 minutes, they were just in front of our Lord, John. And, and this 20 minutes went on for 40 minutes and then went on to 45 minutes and then went past the time of the class. And these teenagers didn't want to leave. Some fell asleep. And when we woke them up, we said, it's time for you to go home. And almost every one of them said, we don't want to go home. It's so peaceful. John, what do you say to that? And that, and we, we gave no, the, the pastor and, and, um, the catechist. And I was, I was there obviously, cause I was the religious education director. John, we gave no instruction at all for these teens on what they should do, what they shouldn't do. They pretty much all of them came away with the same feeling. What would you say to that? I can relate to that exactly because that's where I found so much peace of mind spending that time there. Mm-hmm. And, um, cause I bet, you know, there was times I was going through a rough period and I would go in there and say, uh, Jesus, please, I need your help. And right. then I found, I found it there. I found it because all he wanted to do was just relax yeah. and yeah. just spend time being with him. Yeah. He just that's, wanted that's to gaze wanted. upon you as you gazed upon him, John. He was... He was admiring you as you were admiring him. It's absolutely the most beautiful encounter. And that's why when people say, well, what, what good does it do? What does it really matter? I mean, you, you know, you, you, it matters it so deeply into, into our souls. And I love that, that you shared that, John. Um, wow. Any last comments? I didn't mean to, to step on that. You just made, you're, you are jogging my memory and having me reflect back on how when people are first encounter our Lord, it is definitely spiritually life-changing. Oh, yes. And then, like I said, it's in Scripture. I mean, you know, like at the Last Supper, do this in memory of me. I mean, Jesus is tr- tr- totally present in, in the Eucharist. And... Uh, all you have to do is spend time reading scripture to realize that. Yeah. Amen. You know, amen. John, you're awesome. Thank you so much because folks are listening, you know, they're going into the weekend. A lot of people have weekend plans, even some short vacations planned before, you know, uh, school, the school year gets started and stuff like that. And this is important. And thank you for being an adorer of, uh, spending time with our Lord. And that is, that's precious time you're spending, John, God bless you. Thanks. God bless you.
<laughs> Thanks, John. What an awesome call. And John was talking about signing up to be an adorer. And I can share about that. If you have um, a partial um, adoration schedule or perpetual adoration at your parish, they're looking for adorers that those are folks that it will commit to a time, an hour. Usually um, you can sometimes partner up with somebody else for a 30 minute uh, time slot. And you have to check with the, the person that's running the whole adoration um, process. And, um, and you sign up for a specific time and you show up and you spend time with our Lord. And usually there's supposed to be two adores, um, but uh, unfortunately, in a lot of places and a lot of parishes, there's only one. There really should be two in case there's, you know, one doesn't show or something of that nature. We're going to get to Karen and the others uh, when we come back. Please call us. There's room for you talking about the most holy Eucharist today on Take Two, 833 288 3986. Please join us. We're talking about the real presence today on Take Two with Jerry and Debbie. Jerry will be back next week, and there's room for you, and there's time. So this is perfect. You can get right in. Matt Kabinsky will answer your call. You'll chat with him for a few minutes. He'll put you on hold. You'll get to listen live, and then you'll slip right into the discussion, and you can share your experience. And remember when I said that the Holy Spirit is really guiding this show and really you know, leading us to to help others. Well, I just wanted to say thank you to John from Toledo, Ohio, because John, right before we took that little break, um, I received a message from somebody that was discerning um, adding a second hour to their adoration a commitment. And because of your call, John, they are going to bump it up and, and pick up another hour. So, Wow. That is amazing. You see how the Holy Spirit works, folks? So if you think that your call doesn't matter, it does. It matters big time. So if you feel that little nudge in your spirit, I suggest you just dial this number, 833-288-3986, and let the Spirit flow, and you'll see how it is going to make you feel like you've done something to help other souls and other souls will respond. Okay, Karen has been waiting so patiently and Karen is in State College, Pennsylvania on JMJ Radio. Hello, Karen. Welcome to Take Two. Hi, Debbie. Thank you so much for hearing me. Can you hear me okay? Absolutely, Karen. You take your time. Great. Okay. Thank you for your vocation and I thank God for... Mother Angelica and everything that she she's my queen by the way Mother Angelica she, right. I just I can't get enough of her me so too shout out <laughs> to her and um, EWTN and and for all of your vocations and our priests and our our nuns and all of you guys out there you guys who are discerning we pray that you come forward and and be brave so thank you okay. I have a, a very profound story that happened to me 35 years ago. I was in an abusive relationship. I was 19 years old, and I found myself pregnant. And I didn't know what to do, and I said, that's it. I'm walking into that abortion clinic, and I'm going to get this done with. I'm going to get this finished. I'm going to take care of this problem. And I'm going to get that abortion. Well, I went to sleep. And I don't want to call this a dream because it was more than a dream. It it was an out-of-body experience. Um, 
I was brought up into heaven, okay? And I was surrounded by amazing colors. I could feel the colors. I could feel the atmosphere just like coming in and out of my body. And it just felt so good, the colors and, and just like lightlessness. And it was just amazing. It was more than a dream. So I was there and I was just enjoying these beautiful lights and this white light just like was surrounding me, this warm white light just filling me with peace. And in the middle of the scene was this white crib. And in outside, out of the crib comes flying these white doves, these white birds with this glowing color of this beautiful, pure white. And they were just flying out of this crib. And I woke up the next day and I said, there is no way I'm going into that clinic. Mm-hmm. And I did it. I brought I brought a beautiful baby girl into full term. I took the steps and I I passed her on to a family that will take care of her. And I you know I placed her into adoption. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I've never regretted that decision. Life hasn't been easy or perfect by all means, but I've never regretted it. I, I kept that peace. That the Lord showed me. Right, right. Well, you were very blessed to have that experience, Karen. Um, I, I would, I think that your guardian angel was instrumental as well um, for you having that, as you, as you called it, an out of body experience. Um, but that enabled you to rise above what was going on in this uh, relationship and with getting with um, finding out that you were pregnant and then and then possibly wanting to uh, get the abortion. Well, this changed with your experience. And I just am so grateful to God because it allowed you to elevate out of your circumstances and gift someone else with the absolute wonderful blessing of having a child. So Karen, you you were blessed in many ways. You went through that really difficult relationship. You said it was abusive, so you went through that, which is which is terrible. I'm so sorry you had to go through that. And you were faced with the situation of the pregnancy, okay. And now you're thinking, well, well you know, I've got to stop this, right? I've got to stop this because I got to get out, out of this this situation I'm in. But the good Lord showed you another path. And you were blessed by that that aspect, that event. But then, Karen, you had to say yes. You had to say yes. I'm going to carry this baby. This baby is going to be born, and I'm going to gift this baby to a family that can that can raise this this little girl. And Karen, that is huge on 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 many levels. If you really dissect your story, okay, there were so many elements there that could have gone another way. And it didn't. So I, I'm so grateful to God that he let you experience that. And I'm grateful to you that you had um, the, the courage to take a different, a different path for, your, for, for the little girl that you gave birth to. So that's what we pray for for everyone. That's what we call pro-life. 
you know? And so Karen, um, thank you for sharing because, you know, not everybody gets those, um, well, you, you, you called an out of body experience or that those, those, you know, um, really mystical encounters that really can change your, your mind about things. Not everybody gets that. And so that's why, why the pro-life people that are out there working, you know, round the clock are trying to get the message out, what you just shared, Karen. So I pray that others are listening right now. Maybe there's a woman right now in the same, in the same position and she could, you could lean on Karen's story. Any, anything you want to say to somebody listening right now that is really in fear and are, they are paralyzed and they're just thinking, I gotta, I gotta stop all this. What would you say to them, Karen? Well, there's more to the story, Debbie, but, um, because this does tie into the Eucharist, mm-hmm. um, I would tell that young woman, don't be afraid. There has never been a mother that has given birth to a baby, no matter what the circumstances, that she regrets that decision. She sees her baby as soon as you see that baby. Your life will change. You never regret life. Never. You regret abortion. You will never regret choosing life, ever. Right. Right. So, um, but there is, a, there, this does tie into your, your theme today. Mm-hmm. Um, I, when I am in Mass and I see that host being consecrated by our wonderful men that's chosen to be priests, okay, that same light that I saw coming out of that crib and that I was surrounded by. That is what I see in the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. The Eucharist just glows with that pure, loving, safe, comforting light. And I want I really hope so many people are listening to this because he is real. The Lord is real. He is in that Eucharist. And mm-hmm. don't ever Doubt that he's not there because anyone who engages and and receives the Eucharist, they 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 know that that peace is there. We mm-hmm. walk out of mass differently than when we came in. We had a rough week. We came out different, and that is the peace that saves lives, that mm-hmm. brings us comfort, that calms our souls and our our nerves, and gives us strength to carry on throughout the next week, whatever faces mm-hmm. us through cancer and whatever whatever right. comes to us. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen, Karen. Amen. That's why I believe in this, in the time that we're in with that, that our bishops, um, our leaders with this Eucharistic revival, we've got to get out there and really share like you just did. This is important. And, and to really um, get folks uh, to, to refocus and to understand in a deep way that our Lord is with us and to be able to take him inside of us. Wow. It doesn't get any better than that. Right, Karen? That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Get your kids off the soccer fields and the baseball fields and get those little boogers to church. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. To be with our Lord. Karen, you are awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you for sharing your story. I, I know it was a, it was an emotional, um, you know, uh, you telling it again, and especially on, on 
on a global platform can be very emotional, but you did great. And we love you. And thank you so much for being a, a very valued member of the Take Two family. That was um, Karen's story. And she did her did her part to help other souls. I'm asking you to do your part today before you get started with the weekend. Okay. So you can pick up the phone. You still have time. If you have something to share on this first Friday, by the way, don't forget first Friday devotions, the nine consecutive, uh, first Fridays, uh, St. Margaret Mary Alico. Um, I love that first Friday devotions. My husband and I are big, uh, followers of that practice. And I just love it on uh, the promises that are attached to first Friday devotions. 833-288-3986. Okay. So Carmel in Midland, Texas is going to, is going, uh, to do their part right now on Guadalupe radio network. Hello, Carmel. Welcome. Hey, how you doing, Debbie? Great. Did I say your name correctly, sir? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Um, so, I love the way you guys all in Texas say, yes, ma'am, yes, sir. I love that. That is so polite. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let me get to it, because uh, I know you probably have more people that want to say something. Um, uh, I'll, I'll try to keep this short and sweet. So I um, started doing adoration uh, some time ago, and which is both time. And I, because I'm in West Texas and I'm in Oldfield and, and my business, uh, I get to travel to this little town or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'd make little stops at these little churches and spend a little time in there because um, that's what my mom taught me whenever we'd go out of town, you know, stop and 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 you know, give thanks that you made it to where you're going and make it back, on, you know, safely. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mom might have had a, maybe a third grade, fourth grade education. She was, you know, I'm like the ninth child, so, you know, she couldn't teach me a lot. Uh, she didn't catechize me like most Catholic families do. You know, none of us really were catechized that good. But she taught me prayers, and uh, at some point, eventually, I, I finally got to be a good Catholic. You know, years of, the, of listening, and finally, finally getting it. What I needed to know in order to become a real Catholic, not a few Catholic. Right. So, start doing affirmation. Start hitting these little small towns and. Um, this one little small church, St. Lawrence Church, and um, they had the dealer right there in front of the monastery. I mean, I, mean, I could have touched it if I wanted to, but it did. So I'd go there and do my divine mercy and then go back to work because, you know, I'm always moving. So I had just enough time to get in there, do that, get back out. But one time, so um, I'm, I'm doing my divine mercy, and I'm looking at it, that this, the, the monastery had a, an image of a chalice, with uh, the Eucharist on top, and it looked like a sunburst above it. Mm-hmm. It gold-plated, right? Right. And so I'm, I'm looking at it, saying my prayers, and then I start to see this image coming out of this. I see a nose, and I see a mustache, and I see a beard, and eventually I see the face of Jesus. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm taken back, yes, but in my mind I'm going, well, this is the creator of the universe. If he wants to, you know, present his face on this, on this, uh, go play image. He could do that. He could do whatever he wanted to. So you know, I'm, yeah, I got a smile, and I'm just keep. I just keep going. You know, mm-hmm. and he's there for a few minutes, and eventually he just kind of fades back, and he's gone. Mm-hmm. But you know, all I can think is uh, from when I started really being devout to now that um, I know not to always seek these things. You know, these 
these, uh, I don't know what you want to call them. A mystical yeah. encounter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, don't go mm-hmm. searching for them. Don't go right. looking for it just because you got one, because the devil knows he can do that, too. Right. You know, he'll get you thinking about, you know, you're looking for the, the prize instead of really being there with him. So mm-hmm. I learned to discern, not, not to just always expect. Right, but, right. Well, uh, Carmel, Carmel may, may, you just, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, well, let me comment on that encounter that you had. Very, it's very personal to you. It's when, um, it, you know, if in, if indeed, you know that that was a, um, a, a Christ image that you saw. You know, the interesting thing about that is I've I've heard that many times actually. Um, in religious education, remember, I've been in religious education for over 25 years, so I used to hear every story you can imagine. And and I had a wonderful priest, and he was a great mentor for my um, my religious education ministry work. And he he would say to me that when Christ chooses to show himself an image in adoration, it's for a reason. So you may not you may not be able to answer this right now in the short amount of time, but think back to when you received that image and when you saw Jesus. What was happening in your life at that time? What was going on? Was it was was God um, presenting Himself to you because He needed to confirm something, affirm something, encourage you? Um, uplift you or do something of that nature because this wonderful priest who he he went he's um, gone on to meet the Lord I I believe he's he's a, a saint with a small s he was an amazing priest and pastor and he was so closely connected to the Blessed Mother and Saint Therese of Lisieux and um, he would share stories of this that when when Jesus shows himself especially in Eucharistic adoration like that like he did with you with that very personal blessing and gift there was a reason um, have you thought about that Carmel I'm just curious yeah, Debbie. There's more. There's a lot more I can tell you, but it would take take a couple hours to get there. There's more. Right. Um, right. So but, there was uh, a reason. Yeah, and uh, oh. maybe because maybe because I'm uh, I'm thinking about the acronym, but he pulled the trigger. Okay. Okay. Wow. So you're discerning the diaconate? Wow. Well, oh. it's there in the back of my mind. I just I can't commit. So. Okay. Okay. Would you do me a favor? Would you email us? You know, I'm not very good with computers. <laughs> okay. Well, just how about you email me your com- t- contact information? Are you up for a phone call? Yeah, I can do that. I would okay. much rather talk. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's take2 at EWTN.com. Or you can leave your contact information with Matt Kabinsky. Matt's listening right now because he's answering phones. So if Matt can pick up your contact information. But see, there's more to the story. There's a reason. God always, there's always a reason for everything we encounter when we, when we have a mystical experience or even like, you know, earlier what, um, Karen was sharing when she had that out of body experience. That's what, that's how she, um, you know, stated it, that, that was a precious gift from God for her. 
for her and and for what she was going through in that in it, because she found out she was pregnant. So very interesting how God works. But Carmel, thank you so much. I we do want to hear more of the story, and I know I'm going to get a lot of uh, listeners that are going to email me and say I want to hear the end of Carmel's story. But you're but you're you were spot on. We do have other calls, so I'm gonna I'm gonna let it go right there. But it's it's just a goodbye for now. Okay, so we'll get your information and we'll hear more of the story. And I put you in the prayer book, uh, Carmel, because that's huge. Um, we're going to get to Mary in Florida. Mary, hang on. Don't go anywhere. I just have to share about the World Over weekend. The world o- This weekend on the World Over with Raymond Arroyo, um, I want to highlight this. Roma Downey, a TV producer and author, shares her book, Unexpected Blessings. And Father Gerald Murray, priest of the Archdiocese of New York and canon lawyer, discusses his book, Calming the Storm, Navigating the Crisis Facing the Catholic Church and Society. And Anthony Esselin, a professor in residence at Magdalen College, shares his book, No Apologies, Why Civilization Depends on the Strength of Men. Oh, very powerful. And we're just talking about the diaconate. See, this is all tying in. That's this weekend on the world over. Um, So please, folks, um, make sure you tune in and just highlight these um, wonderful uh, promos that we share on the radio and then just mark them and grab your family and and listen and learn. It's very important. This is the work that's happening right now on Catholic radio is very important and needed now more than ever. Mary in Florida, you're going to close out this beautiful broadcast on the real presence. You're listening on the EWTN app. Hi, Mary. Hello. Hello, Debbie. How are you? I'm great. I love this show. I could talk about the Eucharist all day long. I know. And that's why I called. Um, um, I had just gotten out of um, adoration, and I turned on uh, my car and heard your voice talking about Eucharistic adoration. Mm-hmm. So, And I've been going for, goodness, over 20 years, and um, I mean, it's just my, it's my anchor. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, I have to say that I have two recurring thoughts that I reflect on about our Lord, just sitting there with him that I, I, I'm in awe with, um, Mm. just that, um, he, I'm sitting with my creator. Mm -hmm. I'm sitting with my Lord and my God. He's present to me right here. And that sometimes after all this time, I still, I'm in awe of that. Um, and, and the other thought I get is that this is the same Jesus 2000 years ago that walked this earth um, performed miracles and um, suffered and died for us and rose again. And that, to me, uh, I can never exhaust those two reflections. Right. So I just wanted to share that. Um, at my parish has perpetual adoration, mm-hmm. and so I do have a scheduled hour each week, but I do drop in here and there, um, you know, when I feel like I... Uh, either need to speak with the Lord or just want to get closer to Him. So I just wanted to share that. Well, first of all, thank you for sharing, and thank you for being an adorer and being with our Lord. Are there two assigned adores or just one at your parish? There are two. There's supposed to be two. The nighttime hours are, of course, you know, harder to um, fill, but it's 
for the most part, there's such dedication mm-hmm. to this um, sac- um, ministry. It's amazing. And right. there's been many, many blessings that have come out of it for our parish, especially vocation. Well, perpetual yeah. adoration is very much li- linked to more vocations in the parish and the surrounding area. So we know that. Um, and that's why I'm a big believer and promoter of perpetual adoration for that reason. For ministry, uh, ministry uh, participation goes up, vocations go up, uh, marriages are stronger. The parish community, if there's a school associated with it, the school is even, uh, you know, unbelievably, you know, just flourishing, you know, with volunteers and supplies and everything. It's unbelievable. So perpetual adoration definitely uh, does help with the, that the spread of those blessings because people are spending time with our Lord. So the good Lord is going to give back. It's just a beautiful kind of um, relationship. But Mary, what do you, uh, since you are the very last caller for, for this month's um, Real Presence show on Take Two, we are a global platform. I want you to share with folks right now, since you are um, a committed adorer at your parish, what do you say to people when they say, that's great for Mary, but I don't have that kind of time to devote to that? What do you say to those folks? Uh, you will not ever, ever regret spending an hour with Jesus every week. Believe me. Uh, it, when I started Adoration, it was my, the beginning of my, uh, I have to say, my not of my faith, because I've been a Catholic all my life, but of my uh, faith deepening mm-hmm. with Jesus. That was the beginning of it. And and if it was, honestly, I could honestly say that. Right. And you will never ever regret being with Jesus. I'm telling you. I, I agree. And Mary, I would even go, I would even say this. You you're, you never lose an hour. I, I, I Somehow God multiplies hours for you in the day. Would you agree with that, Mary? Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Amen. Mary, thank you so much. You're a beautiful soul. Thank you. Next time you're at Adoration, please remember the Take Two family intentions, please. Okay, folks, that was amazing. I think we should all rush to a Catholic church and and sit with our Lord um, for a little bit, please. This is so important. Okay, on Monday... Um, we have a very deep topic and we're going to need full participation. And the questions I'm going to ask you on Monday is, do you trust your spouse? Oh, we're going to get into some uh, life skills here. I'm sure of it on Monday, but until then, um, Jerry and I, I'm speaking for Jerry. He's probably listening. So I hope he really got a lot out of this wonderful episode of take two, but until Monday, Jerry and I wish you a beautiful and blessed weekend. We ask St. Joseph, please pray for all of us. And thank you to the show team. You did a great job today and always. See you real soon, folks.